0: Hard Place, a novel by R.A. Jacobson. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Chapter 41. Jacob Finds Billy Still. A blanket of sadness hung over the abandoned yard. The house, barn, and other outbuildings had a dark, forsaken look. Once, the lonely house had been painted light green and white, but now the painted peeled, flaked off, revealing weathered grey boards. Some windows still held glass, reflecting the washed-out, colourless sky. The rest showed only dark, jagged shapes and gaping holes in the side of the carcass that had been a house, a home. Jacob looked at it for a minute, feeling a melancholy slide over him for a past that had been lost and forgotten. Jacob and Brian tramped through the knee-deep grass, leaving Clyde parked at the entrance. Jacob watched Brian's broad back. Something was wrong with him, aside from losing Ann, He wasn't acting sad, which wasn't surprising. He healed quickly, but he was acting shifty. Brian was the least shifty guy Jacob knew. With Brian, what you saw was what you got, but something was up with him. There are tracks in the grass. Somebody's been here and not too long ago. Go check the barn. See if anything looks out of place. I'll check the house, Jacob said. Okay, Brian turned and headed back to the barn. Yeah, Brian was definitely hiding something. Jacob had his suspicions. He had had them for some time. A few weeks ago, Billy had been evasive and hard to get a hold of. Very unlike him. Doesn't look like anybody's been near the house for some time. Anything there? Nah, doesn't look like it. Brian looked sheepish. Jacob smiled. Okay, where did Billy keep his still? Still? What still? Brian looked at his feet and kicked at a tuft of grass. Come on, I knew he was making one. Where is it? Brian looked almost relieved. He couldn't keep a secret if his life depended on it. Okay, yeah, it's back here. I told him he oughtn't do it but he said he could brew up China's good or better than yours. Besides, he says you're getting long on the tooth. Somebody's got to step up. They walked to the sagging barn, a low building sided with raw wood, which turned dark gray over the years. The doors swung open easily on newly oiled hinges. Inside stood a large copper still glinting warmly in the gloom. It was a work of true craftsmanship. I knew he was up to something. Long in the tooth. I ain't that old. Well, fuck me. That's one impressive still. Who built it for him? Don't know. Think he did it himself. Well, then I'm doubly impressed. He worked a while as a welder at the mill. He knew what he was doing. Did he run a batch? Was he going to use sugar? Don't think so. He was looking to put you out of business. Who knows what he's going to add to the mash. That's a fine still. Somebody's coming. Clyde's voice sounded stressed in Jacob's head. We better go greet our guests. Guests? Yeah, Clyde says we got company. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting you and Clyde talk. Who is it? Clyde, who's coming? Jacob asked. Look like suits, but they look different. Different? Yeah, brighter somehow. Don't know. It's weird, kinda. Okay, we're coming out. Leaving the barn, they pulled the door shut after themselves and walked across the grass-strewn yard. Just as they stepped up beside Clyde, a 1936 Ford coupe turned into the yard. Jacob smiled. He had loved this car ever since his uncle had one when he was just a teenager. The black car rolled to a stop, its suicide doors opened, and two men stepped out on long, thin legs. Both were freakishly tall, dressed in black suits with crisp white shirts and western ties, bringing to mind spiders leaving their lair. They were smiling big, toothy smiles under their broad brimmed, black fedoras. Gentlemen, 'tis a fine afternoon,' Mr. June said, his pale hands at his sides. A fine afternoon, Mr. September agreed as he walked around the front of the 36 with a smooth, unsettling gait. My name is Mr. June, and this is Mr. September. Yeah, right. It sounds like real names. Brian stepped forward protectively. Would you be Jacob? Mr. June said, ignoring Brian. According to our records, you were contracted in June of 1977, Mr. September continued. ''What do you want from him?'' Brian menaced, fists balled Jacob placed his hand on Brian's arm and stepped past. Ah, oh, Jacob, it's so nice to make your acquaintance,'' Mr. June beamed. ''There seems to be an abnormality to your contract.'' ''A what? An abnormality? What the hell is that?'' ''Well, it seems it doesn't really exist,'' Mr. September said. ''Well, that's bullshit!'' How can it not exist? Fuck, ask Clyde. He knows he's part of it. They can't hear me. If the judge sent me, they should be able to. There was a nervous edge to Clyde's voice. Can you hear Clyde? Jacob asked. Clyde? Mr. June turned to Mr. September, who opened a large leather-bound book and ran his fingers down the list. Yes, here it is. Clyde is contracted with you. I can see his name inked with yours, Jacob. And if he's contracted, I should be able to speak to him. That's odd. Very odd indeed. What's all this about? What's the judge up to? Why did he kill my Anne? Brian leaned in, face to face with Mr. June. Anne? She's not contracted. Mr. June smiled up at the giant, unperturbed. Yes, Brian, here's your contract. But it's odd as well. And no, Anne is not contracted. Oh, sorry, was not contracted. Mr. September's long, slender fingers pointed at an entry in his book. Was? Yeah, was! She's gone! And why did the judge do that? What the fuck is he up to? Why did he kill my Anne? Brian, please calm yourself. It's a sad thing, your loss of Anne. Had she been contracted, she may still be with us. Mr. June smiled, turning to Mr. September. Mm -hmm. Are we sure she wasn't contracted? She doesn't show up on the tree. There are Mm -hmm. a surprising number of contracts in this area. I see Jacob, Brian, Billy, Mary Lou, Mm -hmm. and a number of others going back many years. Mm -hmm. Mr. September looked up from his book, smiling. The tree here is quite full. Mary Lou? Mm -hmm. What the fuck are you talking about? She's dead! Jacob felt the world under him shift and tilt. He heard Clyde far off in his head. Jacob, I think you should listen. There's something going on here I don't understand. Dead? Really? Mr. September looked at his book. Here it is, Mary Lou's contract, but... But, Mr. June smiled, there's something not quite right here as well. Many contracts in this area have atypical exceptions and amendments, mostly to the Clause 666. How many contracts are we talking about, Mr. September? Mr. June asked. Tell me what you're talking about, Jacob screamed. What about Mary Lou? The pain he had carried for most of his life blazed in him. Mr. June smiled at Jacob. Well, we cannot talk about individual contracts, however, She is indeed contracted. Contracted? Jacob couldn't believe what was being said. It didn't make sense. How could it be? She died. He had killed her. Him and Clyde. So I didn't kill her? We didn't kill her? Clyde said quietly with a tight excitement in his voice. What the fuck? I went to her funeral. I saw her. She was dead, Jacob insisted. Ignoring Jacob, Mr. September showed the open page to Mr. June. According to our files, Mary Lou's contract is still open. On the surface, it is mostly correct, with a couple amendments to 666, but there is a puzzling entanglement I have not seen before. Fuck, 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 fuck! Jacob roared. Let's go back to the farm, Clyde said. Jacob stomped off, Brian following close behind. Mary Lou is alive? Really? Jacob asked. I don't know. I will try to find out for sure. But they would know. Or at least they should. Clyde said, sounding unsure. What the fuck is going on? Why is everything so fucked up? Jacob slid into Clyde and slammed the door. I don't know, but these guys feel legit. The ants asked me who I met at the crossroads. I thought I knew, but when they asked, I couldn't answer. Who is the judge? I thought I knew. I'm not so sure. Is he the devil or isn't he? I mean, who the fuck else could he be? Only he can give out contracts, right? Jacob said. Fuck it, I'm out of here. Together they pulled out of the farmyard and drove off, leaving the two men in suit smiling, the surrounding ground littered with dead flies. Brian, you stay with Brandy and I tonight. Tomorrow, we'll go over to the judges and find out what the fuck is going on. Okay, yeah, I don't think I can go home tonight. There's something so off about this. Those guys were definitely suits, but I've never seen suits that bright before, Clyde said. What's the deal with all the flies? They were dropping like, well, flies, Jacob asked. Yeah, how come there's so many fucking flies? It's fucking creepy, Brian said. Suits don't wear a skin to be here, I mean on this plane. They suck the life force out of anything close to them. And they need a physical body, so they build one out of flies. Flies, well that's just fucked up, Brian said. How about we stop off at Old Scratch for a pint? Maybe Brandy will have something to tell us. Clyde's engine growled as Jacob pushed hard on the accelerator. Tune in next Tuesday for chapter 42, Awkward Silence stories from a hard place is a narrative podcast every tuesday and thursday r.a jacobson presents another chapter from hard place read by the author opening music by noah zakrin production copyright by r.a jacobson 2022. if you'd like to support stories from a hard place please go to patreon.com forward slash if you would like a book version either ebook or print you can find it anywhere books are sold including your local library. You can find links to all these and much more at Deadcat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.